Jonathan Mosin. Welcome to episode 67 of Mosin at Large. On the show this time, I'll be speaking with Karthik Cannon from Envision. I'll be talking about this app for iOS and Android, and we'll look at the Envision smart glasses that promise to be a platform for many applications in future. Mosin at Large Podcast. You're very welcome to contribute to the podcast, and there are two ways to do it. You can drop me an email to Jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at mushroomfm.com. You can write something in that email or you can attach an audio recording using anything that records and that you can attach to an email. You can also call the listener line. That number is in the United States. It's 864-60-MOSIN, 864-606-6736 and record a message that could be included in the podcast. Concise contributions always help. We can't include everything because of the volume of contributions we receive. And please note that if we do use your content, we reserve the right to edit it for clarity and brevity. You can follow Mosin at Large, all one word, on Twitter to join the conversation with other listeners, to get sneak peeks about what's coming up on the podcast, and I regularly tweet links that I think will be of interest to Mosin at Large listeners. To keep up to date with Mosin at Large and radio-related activities I'm doing, you can subscribe to our media email list. It's announcements only, and the traffic is very light. To do that, send a blank email to media-subscribe at mosin.org. That's media-subscribe at mosin.org. The podcast version of this show contains extracts from the full version, which is heard live on Mushroom FM at mushroomfm.com and anywhere that you listen to radio stations at 2 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time on a Saturday afternoon. For the full Mosin at Large experience, I encourage you to be part of that community. If we look at tools in the toolbox for a blind person using a smartphone, one of those tools that comes up very frequently is Envision AI. It's available for both iOS and Android, which is a big plus for Android users who sometimes feel a little bit left out. And to tell me about Envision and what's happening there, how they got started and a whole range of other things, is Karthik Cannon from Envision. Hi, Karthik. Good to have you on the show. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you. Let's have a chat about how you got started with Envision. What planted the seeds in your mind to set this up? Envision started off as the master's thesis of uh, my co-founder, Karthik Mahadevan. Uh, so when he was an uh, industrial design student in the Netherlands, so when, you know, it's a two-year course and uh, in the last uh, six or six months of the, of the course, uh, you do a thesis, right? And uh, he was looking at that time about, uh, you know, ways to improve independence for uh, the blind and visually impaired people. And and that's how that's how Envision sort of started. So it didn't really start off with uh, AI or anything else in mind. It was uh, primarily starting off uh, as his master's thesis. And the idea for that came uh, when, you know, the two of us met in India and he was actually invited to a blind school in India to give a talk about what it is to be a designer. And uh, when uh, we actually went for that talk and he gave that talk and after that we had a Q&A session with the students and we sort of posed the question to them asking you know what is the kind of problems that you would like to solve when you'd want to grow up and a lot of the kids uh, in that school were talking about uh, how they would like to be able to do things independently when they grew up or how uh, they were giving specific examples like being able to read a book or being able to go out with friends and uh, that sort of planted the seed in us uh, as to okay we're a designer and uh, you know he's a designer 
designer, I'm an engineer, and uh, we're both working on solving problems at work. And we thought, okay, this this is this seems like a big enough problem for a lot of people. So let's try to look at ways that uh, you know that we can solve this. So when he came back to the Netherlands uh, to do his master's thesis, he started to look at ways that uh, you know, uh, or or trying to research as to what independence means for visually impaired people. And uh, during the course of the research, what we found out was that. Independence for visually impaired people often means access to information, right? So there's all kinds of visual information around us. But the main thing that's stopping visually impaired people from becoming independent was being able to access that information. And that's sort of what started, you know, Envision itself. And then we realized that, okay, there's all this really interesting thing that's going on in artificial intelligence, maybe that could be something that we could apply to this problem, right? And we started to build early prototypes, started to share it with the participants of the thesis. And towards the end of the thesis, we had over, uh, or very organically, we grew out to over like 300, 400 people using very early versions of the Envision app. And uh, when we said, okay, you know, this is the end of the thesis, uh, you know, I mean, we're done with what we're here for. A lot of them wrote back to us saying that, uh, you know, we would love to uh, see this become a product you know we'd love to be able to use this thing in our daily lives so you guys should seriously consider starting this as a real company put this out as a real app uh, because there's going to be a lot of people who would really want to use this and that's how envision started so all of this was in 2017 2018 and we launched the first beta of the envision app uh, on ios in 2018 and it's been a wonderful journey ever since you know I talk to a lot of people in this industry and there are two things that happen. One is that sometimes people are really into things like AI or some technological thing and they decide that blindness is a good way to apply that technology. But you've gone the other way and that's the other thing that can happen that people think, how can I help a particular group of users? And then you come up with a technological solution to fit. Do you think that makes a difference? I mean, is the fact that you were seeking to cater to a specific market and you found a technological solution, but you put the people first. Has that had a significant material impact on the way that your work has developed? That's a great question, Jonathan. And I strongly believe that that approach is sort of the reason why Envision is some, is, is, is still being loved by a lot of users today. Yes, the technology is important and you know, it drives the app, but I think what's more important is the design element of it. And the design element of it starts from, you know, putting the people first, right? Uh, in fact, there was a Steve Jobs quote that I think uh, really, you know, struck with me. Uh, I came across this quote after we started Envision and he was talking about how it was important to start from the people or from the users and work backwards to the technology and not work towards the people starting from the technology. So for us, the focus has never been the technology or we've never really tried to put the technology front and center. It's always been the people. And I think that is that's that's the core belief that we have at Envision that, you know, people need to come first and we need to build tools around people. Uh, sometimes those tools might be AI. Sometimes those tools might be something else. But uh, it's the people who come first. And I think that's sort of the reason why I believe Envision is something that's still loved by the community. You will have done the business case, obviously, as you were putting this together. And we all know that it's pretty difficult to make money in this market because first, it's a small market and it's a challenged market in terms of people's ability to pay for things. And then in your case, 
you've got this amazing monolithic Microsoft out there with their seeing AI product, which they can afford to give away. What's your value add? Why do people pay for Envision when they've got, at least on the iOS platform, a free solution in the form of seeing AI that does have some overlap with what you're doing? You know, the reason why I believe people pay for us is, again, because I think they they believe that we're a well-designed app. Um, and that's something that a lot of people have told us in the past as well, that, yeah, there is seeing AI, there are other alternatives, but uh, they always find Envision a lot more easier to use, a lot more pleasant to use, and it gets the job done uh, for people. And that's one thing. The second thing is that, yes, uh, because of the fact that, you know, we're not a Microsoft app, uh, we can try to pick the best of, of things from everywhere, you know. So we can try to, you know, use technologies given by Apple, we can use technologies provided by Google. We can build our own technology uh, and, you know, we can even use Microsoft's technology and we can package all of the good stuff in a single app and then give it to users. Uh, and that's a great value add. So, for example, a lot of people have mentioned that, you know, they can, you know, they find the instant text feature a lot better to use, a lot more accurate than uh, Microsoft's, uh, you know, short text feature or that the document scanning offers a lot more languages uh, than Microsoft offers or any other or, or any other app in the market offers. So I think it's a combination of great design and a combination of, of technology that works for people. I think that's what drives people to be like, okay, you know what? I know there's a free app out there, but I get much better quality by using this app. So let me pay for it. So I think that's definitely the case. And I, and we believe that great products like us, uh, and when we price it at a reasonable price, uh, can, will always be adopted, uh, by the market because it gets the job done and it also offers a lot more value, uh, for the price that they pay. For those who haven't tried the app, can you give us an overview, a bit of a tour of what you can do with it presently? I know in the time that I've been using it, and I did pick up one of the lifetime subscriptions when you were offering that at a really good price, uh, I've seen it evolve. What does it do now? What can you do with Envision? Envision is an app that's available uh, on iOS and Android that uh, helps you read text, recognize faces of your friends and family, recognize your personal belongings, and so much more. So... The app is basically, it, 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 it has a bunch of, uh, features that you could use to go ahead and, for example, read different kinds of text. So the text tab in the app offers you the ability to read short pieces of text. So if you're at a train station and you want to read what's on the display, or if you have a pamphlet in your hand and you want to read the contents of it, you could use the app to do that. You can also use the app to go ahead and scan documents and then read them as well. So you can scan not just single pages at a time. You can also scan multiple pages at once and then go ahead uh, and read them out. You can also go ahead and import uh, different file formats within the app. So a lot of people in the community, uh, they use PDFs, Word documents, EPUBs, so you can import all of these within the app as well. So that's with regards to reading. And also another thing to note is uh, we're a very international app in the sense that you can use Envision to read more than 60 different languages and the app itself is available in more than 20 different languages including Arabic, Hebrew, Chinese and so on. Um, apart from that, you can also use the app to describe scenes around you. Uh, you can use it to detect colors. You could use it to also scan for faces of your friends and family. So you can teach it faces of your friends and family, and then you could use it to find them in the surroundings. Uh, you can also do the same thing with objects as well. So you can pick objects in the surroundings that you'd want to scan for, and it would uh, help you identify those. Though we do have a lot of features within the app, I think the big focus for us and the one that really separates Envision from 
from the rest of the apps out there uh, that are similar to what we're doing is the accuracy when it comes to reading text. So I think a lot of people have told us in the community as well, but I, and that's something that we've also witnessed is that Envision has really good accuracy when it comes to reading text. And uh, this is something that we will continue to keep building on uh, in the coming uh, you know, releases as well. And of course, uh, all of this stuff that I mentioned is uh, not just available on iOS, but it's also available on any Android device that's running Android 6 and above. Is that a challenge? Because I guess one of the advantages of the Apple platform is that it's self-contained. There's a set of specific hardware that all developers know about. And of course, the same people who make the hardware develop the software. I imagine there must be some significant compatibility challenges to do what you're doing on Android when there are so many more devices. Oh, yes. <laughs> we we face that. Uh, we face that quite a bit. But I think... Um, I think it's worth it. You know, I think the Android community is a community that is also very underserved. I mean, it's, it's a community where not a lot of apps like us are available. And if they're available, they're only available on just, you know, the flagship devices. Like they're only available on Pixels or, or Samsung S9s. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to take all this exotic AI technology and the great design that we have on iOS and trying to work really hard to bring them to a point where they're available on all Android devices, regardless of, you know, where you are from or what kind of device you own. And it does bring challenges. It also brings a lot of opportunities. And uh, one thing that we, ha- we are seeing in the last couple of years, ever since we started working on the Android platform, is that uh, we do work closely with Google. Uh, we try to go ahead and you know offer them suggestions on the accessibility side, on, on the camera side of things. Uh, we do work closely with Google, and we are seeing that things are slowly starting to change. And I mean, I wouldn't also really blame Google a lot on that because... Android is built to be an open ecosystem, whereas Apple is more of a closed ecosystem. So when you build an open ecosystem, yeah, you do you do face significant challenges with with trying to keep things, you know, uh, at the same quality as iOS. But uh, I think we're definitely getting there, and uh, and I think the Android app right now is something that we're pretty proud of because it it makes this technology this it makes this app accessible to everybody, you know, and and that's something that that's that's what we really want to do, you know, get it get Envision into the hands of as many people as possible. Are there potential advantages of the openness of Android that mean that sometime in the future, maybe Envision for Android will be capable of doing things that the iOS platform just simply doesn't permit? I think it it already is happening, you know, like we would never be able to go ahead and do something like the Envision glasses uh, without the Android platform. The fact that it's an open platform makes it completely uh, malleable. It it makes it super flexible to do a bunch of things that we can't possibly think of doing on iOS. You know, for example, uh, if we want to go ahead and build our own accessibility layer, you know, and if and and we think that okay, the Android accessibility layer isn't as great, and we want to build our own, we can do that on Android today, and we can't do that on iOS. I mean, even something as simple as having uh, different voices, right? So if you want to go ahead and have your own TTS engine on Android, you can do that. Uh, on iOS, that's not possible at the moment. So. There is a lot of good stuff that comes with the openness. Uh, there are also some nasty stuff that comes with the openness as well, like all the cracking and, and the security stuff uh, and all that. But uh, but yeah, like you you got to take both sides of the coin, you know. Yes, earlier in the iOS 14 cycle, they popped in an API for adding your own text-to-speech engine. Then it went away, and I'm not sure whether it ever came back, but obviously a text-to-speech API 
in iOS would be very welcome because it is a bit limiting, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. I think we've had so many people uh, write to us and say, hey, you know, I would love to use uh, this DTS engine on, on, on iOS or or even languages, right? So iOS has limited support uh, for languages, say, for example, for a lot of Indian languages. And uh, a lot of people come and ask us, hey, can I read this specific language on iOS? And and the answer is yes and no. Yes, because Envision is able to recognize those languages, uh, but then we can't speak out those languages or voiceover doesn't recognize them because iOS doesn't recognize them. So there are these limitations. And I did notice the TTS API coming and going in, in a particular beta version. So I'm hoping that uh, they bring it back uh, at a much more stable version of the uh, uh, of iOS. Uh, so this week is when I think they're going to release the final version of iOS 14. So I'm hoping that the API makes a comeback and we can explore it and really see what the potential is, you know. And in terms of your operation now, how big is the company? Have you been able to expand in terms of the number of personnel that you have employed over the last couple of years? We're now about uh, 10 people in the company. Uh, We've grown quite significantly from the two of us a couple of years ago i would say yeah i mean when i look back at it now it is it it, it is a it is a big deal you know we were just two people sitting uh and working out of a library in the netherlands and then uh, we have our own little office space now with 10 people and i think all of that is just support from the community nothing else you know and i think that's that's something that uh, it feels very fulfilling to think about now that you know we've built this thing and the community has actually gone out and supported us and enabled us to come to this point and i think we have some really great things uh that we want to push out and yeah hopefully the the community continues to support us and and we can you know uh bring more cool stuff out you know and for those who haven't had a look how does the pricing model for envision work at the moment uh the pricing for the app is uh you you pay one dollars 99 cents per month uh you pay 19.99 uh for uh, you know, for uh, a year, and then you pay ninety nine uh, ninety nine uh, for a lifetime. So these are the prices in dollars, uh, and of course the pricing varies a little bit uh, based on the country you're in. And people presumably are doing that. Then you you're you're able to make a living doing this. Yeah, we are able to make a living doing this, uh, you know, and, and we hope that, yeah, we do get more support, uh, from the community or the, and, and we continue to get the same level of support and more, uh, from the community. So it enables us to, uh, to really build out the things that we want to build out because I think, the thing that really uh, is in, is important to us is that we try to make this sustainable. We don't want to be like other accessibility apps where we come into the market, we make a buzz, uh, and people like us, and then we go away uh, in uh, you know in a year or two. Um, we want to continue to be in this market. We feel that there's so much more that we can do here, and uh, so much that we want to do here. And uh, yeah, I think the support has really helped us to come to this level, and I hope it keeps coming so that we can keep pushing new things within the app and the glasses as well. One of the things that really encouraged me to reach out to you actually was a listener who contacted me who's just had a play with the Envision smart glasses and mm-hmm. he was super impressed acknowledging that you know it's it's an early stage development at this point but he could immediately see the potential he took it to a shopping mall he uh, was moving around reading signage as he as he walked past things and he was very impressed for those who haven't been keeping up with this introduce us to these glasses and what you hope to achieve with those sure so the envision glasses it's the goodness of envision 
uh, on smart classes. So to give you a little bit of a background, uh, ever since we actually launched the Envision app, uh, a constant ask from the community was to try and improve the user experience of using Envision uh, a little bit more so that, you know, they don't have to really hold a phone in one hand and a cane or a guide dog in the other hand and just keep pointing their phone around. So that's not a great, uh, you know, th- that's that's a good user experience for some people, but then it's it's not when you're out and about and uh, when you're trying to use it a lot. So we've been exploring the option of putting Envision's technology onto smart glasses or, you know, wearable cameras. So we have been looking into it for the past couple of years. And uh, when the Google Glass, when the new edition of the Google Glass came out in October of 2019, uh, we reached out to the folks at Google and we were like, hey, you know, this is exactly the kind of device that we're looking for. Uh, would you guys like to partner with us so that, you know, we can put the Envision technology onto the Google Glass and then go ahead and, and, and get this into the hands of people? And uh, they were super excited. And so that's how the Envision Glasses came into being. And the Envision Glasses is basically uh, the Google Glass running the Envision app inside it. Um, so you would be able to use the glass to do all kinds of things like being able to read text, uh, like, you know, the user that you were talking to. So he was able to read text from uh, any surface. So you could use it to read text indoors, outdoors. You could use it to read documents, books, uh, letters, whatever it is. Uh, you can also use it to recognize, you know, faces of your friends and family. So you could teach it, uh, you know, uh, to recognize faces. It would do that as well. It's also very tightly integrated with the Envision app. So whatever you do in the Envision app or whatever you do on the glasses, you can easily export it to Envision and then also, you know, to the glasses and so on. Uh, you can use it to go ahead and recognize objects as well, uh, recognize scenes. Uh, but what is also more interesting is that it has a feature that's very unique to the glasses where you can make video calls uh, directly from the glasses to a friend or a family member. So just like how you make WhatsApp video calls or FaceTime calls, you can make calls directly from the glasses and uh, they would, you know, your your friend or your family member would be able to help you out if the AI isn't really up to the task. When I read some material about this, I remember you saying that you envisage this as being a bit of a platform that you'd like to see others jumping on board. And it's ironic that while you are moving ahead with these glasses and doing some pretty innovative things, Ira has just got rid of their glasses and people are having to invent all sorts of intriguing solutions to use their devices hands-free when they're communicating with a human agent. Do you see the possibility for platforms such as Ira and for that matter Be My Eyes coming on board with your platform and those glasses? Definitely. And I think that's one of the things that you know, we are working quite hard towards. So, you know, when we met Ira at, C- uh, at CSUN this year, uh, we actually showed them the gla- an early prototype of the glasses and they were pretty excited. Um, and so was uh, Be My Eyes as well. So we, we look at the Envision glasses uh, as a platform where... Envision takes care of, you know, all the hard stuff. So we take care of uh, giving uh, the proper design guidelines uh, to developers. We take care of the accessibility layer because, you know, the the smart classes, they don't have an accessibility layer. So we had to build one ourselves. So we had to do a lot of user testing uh, to make sure that the accessibility platform is just right. And, uh, you know, we also offer some machine learning tools uh, for developers as well. So 
we're offering this platform uh, that makes it easy for other developers like Ira or Beam Eyes who already have an app to take that and port it easily onto the Envision classes, right? And uh, we believe that this platform is something that can be quite powerful because, you know, uh, it it gives people or gives developers the right audience. So these audiences are the ones who really want to use smart classes. They're doing things and they want to do things hand-free. And then at the same time, there is Envision that is making the whole process of, you know, building apps for these smart classes a lot easier. So that's basically where uh, I think the, the platform is super exciting. And uh, yeah, we'll have, we hopefully will have more news uh, in the coming months uh, with regards to all these apps coming on. But then that's definitely going to be a part of the Envision classes going forward. Could you tell me a bit about the glasses' physical description and how you operate them as a blind person? For those who just, I mean, I've actually not seen this new generation of Google Glass at all. So I'm intrigued about what they're like physically. All right, sure. So the Google Glass is basically like any other pair of spectacles. So, you know, you can just wear them like how you wear any other pair of glasses. And on the right-hand side, is it's where all the magic is, you know. So you have a camera on the right-hand side. It's a HD wide-angle camera that's sort of angled towards the center. So you can still hold things uh, like, you know, like imagining that the camera is sitting at the nose of, uh, at, at the bridge of your nose and it should be okay. So it's, it's a wide-angle HD camera that's uh, angled towards the center. And then if you travel a little further, Further down on the right hand side, you have the trackpad. So that is where you primarily interact with the glasses. So you can either interact with the glasses by using the trackpad. And what we've done is we've taken, uh, you know, concepts uh, from voiceover and uh, talkback, and we have actually built our own accessibility layer. So you have all the familiar gestures, like you'll be able to double tap to activate something. Uh, you'll be able to swipe down to go back, uh, and you'll be able to use a two-finger tap. So it's a multi-touch trackpad, and you can use it very similar to how you use uh you know, with voiceover or talkback. So when you actually do things on the trackpad, you get an audio output. So the there is a speaker that's located right next to your ear. And uh, that's also where uh, a microphone is also located as well. So you would be able to go ahead and, you know, hear the output coming in from the glasses uh, through that speaker. And then if you travel further down the line, uh, behind your ear is where, you know, you have, uh, you have the battery, you have the processor, you have all that stuff. And, uh, you can basically charge the glasses via a USB-C charger. And, uh, from our testing so far, in ordinary use, you'd be able to get about, uh, five to six hours of battery life. And if you put the glasses on standby, uh, you'd get a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, and you can also connect Bluetooth headphones to it as well. So if you want to connect Bluetooth or wired headphones, that there's also a possibility to do that with the glasses. So the glasses, um, yeah, like they, they come in two frames. So there's a, there's a thin titanium frame, which is very similar to the, if, if you've used the first Google Glass, it's very similar to the frame of the first Google Glass. And there's also a second frame, uh, which is a far more sturdier frame and which, uh, with which you can actually change the lenses as well. Uh, and that, uh, is a separate, uh, you know, addition to the glasses. So you can purchase them, uh, from the website. So you, when you purchase the Envision glasses, you get the standard titanium band, uh, along with the glasses. And then you, if you want to have a band, uh, if you want to have a frame where you want to replace the lenses with your own custom lenses, that's also possible to do. And yeah. So these are the two options that are available in terms of frames and in terms of physical looks. Yeah, like I just described, they're very similar to a normal pair of glasses. 
So would they look quite similar for those who've seen them to a pair of both frames, for example? Well, the second option, the second frames that I mentioned, right, the, the ones with uh, you know, which actually look like, uh, uh, w- w- with which you can actually change the lenses. They do look a lot like the Bose frames. So, hmm. uh, yeah. So they, it's, it's quite similar looking in that sense, basically. Yeah. And it, it, and then the one with the titanium band that looks, uh, yeah, the right hand side of it looks very similar to a normal, to a Bose frames, uh, glasses, but then the band is a lot more thinner. The frame is a lot more thinner, basically. Really good to hear about the Bluetooth audio connectivity. I wear hearing aids and there are quite a number of blind people who have a hearing impairment absolutely free included with their blindness. <laughs> so to have the, uh, the the Bluetooth connectivity will be really great for that. Where is it getting its internet connectivity from? Is it using Wi-Fi with your phone as a hotspot? Right. So there are features within the Envision app that, you know, do require an internet connectivity, for example, being able to read documents and stuff. And then there are things that you can do it, com- that you can do completely offline. So the Envision glasses, uh, you, it primarily connects via Wi-Fi. So you need to connect to a Wi-Fi network indoors. Uh, but if you're outdoors, you can basically go ahead and automatically, uh, you know, have Envision switch to your phone hotspot. Once you've connected your glasses with the hotspot uh, once, it would then be able to go ahead and switch between the networks uh, relatively easily. And uh, yeah, like I mean, there is no onboard uh, SIM card or onboard internet. It just uses Wi-Fi uh, to connect to the internet. That's how it works. What stage are you at with this? Are you selling them at the moment? Are they still in sort of a a beta phase? How would you describe it? The development for it is done. We are almost done with the testing. Uh, We had a pre-order campaign that we launched in March of this year, and uh, the pre-order campaign was completed successfully. And uh, we're going to start shipping the first units in the end of September. Early October is when we plan to ship the units out to people uh, who ordered during the pre-order phase. Uh, There are still some units left. Um, and uh, you can still go to envisionglasses.com and then go ahead and purchase, uh, you know, whatever remaining units are left. So there are a few units that are still remaining, about 10 of them that are still remaining, and then you can go ahead and purchase them uh, right now. Yeah, and then if you do that, you do get a 10% discount uh, on the glasses as well. What's the pricing on that? At the moment, the standard pair of glasses, they cost 1,899 euros. That's the cost of the glasses. And, uh, yeah. And like I mentioned, like you, if you go now, you can just get a 10% discount. Uh, there's a discount code that I can also mention probably towards the end of the, uh, the podcast. So yeah, people can go and buy them out right now. Would it get into a mode at all where, you know, sometimes with these third-party products that have been, I guess, retrofitted might be one way of describing it. Sometimes if they go flat or they get into a particularly confused mode, blind people can find themselves in a position where they just can't make the thing work from a blindness point of view. It takes sighted assistance to get it back up and running again. How robust would you say it is at the moment? That's a really interesting question. And this sort of ties back to that conversation about uh, Android being open and how advantageous it is. Uh, this is one of those cases uh, where Android gives you great flexibility. So what we've done is no matter what happens within the app, you would you you would most likely never need sighted assistance to you know bring the app back on uh even if the app cra- even if the entire glasses crash for example that's that's an extreme scenario but i'm saying even if the entire glass crashes or it runs out of battery we've made 
everything as accessible as possible so that you never need to have a sighted person to help you uh with the gla- you know with with ever using the glasses so that has been a core principle of the envision glasses ever since we started so we wanted to make sure that a person could buy the envision glasses in a very accessible manner without sighted help they can get the envision glasses unbox it go through the instructions set up the glasses use it and if something happens you know if in the worst case i don't know the glasses start to misbehave or malfunction or whatever right in the extreme case that happens they can go ahead and you know figure out what's happening by themselves and then reach out to us all of it done in a completely accessible way without ever having to need sighted help so that's a core principle of of the envision glasses itself that you wouldn't need to have someone else to help you set up the glasses or use them and that's how we have kept it so far so yeah you know in the in the very rare instances in the one or two instances where we have seen uh, the glasses crash for whatever reason uh, you know because when we were testing them uh, it would you know be in a position where it would always come back on so the glasses the app would restart uh, the entire platform would restart and then it would go ahead and just tell you that hey this happened and then yeah you be able to continue using it without a problem and we'll also be notified if there's a crash uh, you know at any of the glasses and so we are constantly sort of looking at at uh, where uh, crashes are happening and trying to see if we can fix them and the good thing about the glasses is that if we do find any issues with the glasses we can always push an update just like how we update apps on the phone right so there is a way to do an over the air update and uh, you will just be able to update the envision glasses just like how you do with your smartphone apps we talked about Envision AI and seeing AI and what you perceive the advantages of Envision to be, it sounds to me like you are also competing in the OrCam space with this product. Is that a fair comment? That is that is a fair comment. Yes, uh, we are competing with uh, with OrCam as well in this space. You know, how would you uh, describe the pros and cons then of your solution versus what they offer? I think Envision has a lot of advantages uh, you know over over a product like orcam i think the first thing that that really comes to my mind and it's something that a lot of people uh, would in this in this market care about is the fact that we're priced at half the price of an orcam you know so i mean it's not we we have a product that has a lot more features than the orcam uh, has a much better battery life uh, and has has a whole host of advantages uh, but it's priced at half the price of uh, of the orcam so i think that is i think the first sort of big differentiator uh, from the orcam itself uh, the second thing that i would say is that because envision is built on an open platform uh, we can continue to keep adding new features at a pace that is simply not possible when you're talking about closed platform devices uh, like the orcam and a few other devices so since we're android based we can continue to develop features and one of the things that we are doing now is whatever features we're developing for the envision app on android we can just bring them to the glasses with just a click of a button so it's not really difficult for us to bring new features to the glasses so it's going to be a continuously evolving product it's not going to be a product where you buy once and then uh, you know you're going to go you're going to have to wait for the next you know generation of the hardware to be able to run new features it's going to be something where you buy and then you constantly get updates each month uh, with new features with bug fixes with improvements uh, very similar to how it works with the app and the third thing that i would say is is a big differentiator is the fact that the envision glasses is a platform so envision 
glasses is going to be a platform on which envision is is an app and just like envision uh, like i mentioned earlier we're talking to a number of companies like you know bmis aira we're talking to navigational companies as well and our aim is to make sure that this platform becomes uh, becomes the platform for someone who is visually impaired so they know that when you buy an envision glasses you're not just getting envision you're getting a whole host of other apps and you know we want to make it exciting for developers to be able to build uh, for you know for you know in the assistive technology market we want to make it easier for developers to build on this platform so i think those are the three key differentiating factors and the fourth one which is you know sort of a minor one but i think it's also something that's really important is the fact that our battery life is a lot more than what you can expect with an orcam like device so you can get easily 5 to 6 hours which makes it a great tool if you are someone who's looking to use envision you know in the workplace right so i mean when you're working you'd want to ideally wear the glasses without having to charge them to a battery pack that's sitting in your pocket and carry them around all day so that's that's i think a huge advantage as well these glasses are at the moment a smartphone companion how far away do you think we are from a time when somebody can buy a pair of glasses completely standalone and have them work anywhere that there's a cellular signal there there are all sorts of engineering challenges aren't there with getting a cellular radio and the appropriate antenna uh, in something that close to your head without frying your head <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I think so as of today the envision glasses is something that can be used uh once you pair them with your with your phone uh so you can leave your phone at home and then use the glasses you know completely independently of of the of the smartphone so mm. we're already there in some way so when you first buy the envision glasses you go through a setup process where you sort of pair the envision uh glasses with the envision app on your phone and uh Yeah once that process is complete and that process is is mostly there because you know uh, certain things like being able to i don't know uh, change the wifi uh, or connect to a different wifi or change to a uh, connect to a different bluetooth device or uh, you know do certain things Th- that's a lot easier to do on the phone than to do on the glasses so that's the reason why we have this whole pairing process but uh, yeah i i believe i think in the next couple of years or in the next i would say 5 years max we would be having smart glasses where you could get them uh, like how you order get, get your phone today and then use them completely independently of the phone um i think you know a lot of companies are working on it there's a very strong rumor that apple is working on smart glasses uh when we spoke to the folks at google uh they were talking about uh you know how they're really excited about a, a product like envision because it's sort of the first step towards a wider audience because today the today smart glasses are only used in uh industries you know where uh, uh, where where they need to go ahead and scan barcodes it's very limited use case for smart glasses and they were talking about how we were one of the first companies of first ideas uh to take this to a wider audience than just the industry and that's that's sort of exciting so i think a lot of companies are really working on smart glasses and i believe in the next Two to five years, we definitely should see smart glasses becoming more mainstream. As as and when, uh, yeah, some of the key engineering problems, like you mentioned, are solved. Obviously, in the interest of protecting your brand and safeguarding the integrity of the brand, it's going to be important to set appropriate expectations with these glasses. And I'm wondering if you can comment on how you see these glasses fitting in. to the daily schedule or the daily life of a blind person say who 
does the usual kind of stuff if they're fortunate enough to have found employment, perhaps take public transport, get to work, engage with people at work, maybe encounter the occasional piece of print. How much can the glasses realistically help in those sorts of typical scenarios? I think the glasses are firstly a great reading device. So that's some, that's one thing that we have that we have encountered a lot with the testing that we do is that the glasses are a really good reading device. So you would be able to go ahead, for example, uh, you know, read text of, uh, say, a bus, right? So if there's a bus number that you'd want to read, or if you're at a train station and you want to read what's on the display, I think that's really. Uh, uh, so if we start start to think about an everyday, uh, you know blind person's uh, commuting experience, for example, or, or just, just their day overall. Uh, let's start from the time, you know, they wake up, right? So uh, they wake up, they put on the glasses, uh, they would probably go into their kitchen, they try to identify different, uh, you know, ingredients if they want to cook themselves a simple breakfast. So again, in our testing, we've seen that the glasses are a great reading device uh, to be able to read things off packages. So it can it can read with a fair degree of accuracy things from curved packages. It, it can do really well on flat packages. Uh, so that's, that's the thing. So once they, you know, uh, go ahead, have their breakfast, they're stepping out of the house, uh, and they get to the train station, they or they can they get to the bus station. They'd be able to use the glasses to go ahead and read uh, what's on the display, uh, and th- those sort of things can be done fairly well with the glasses as well. Uh, we also have an option within the glasses where you can recognize different objects in the surroundings. So if they want to see where you know if the bus is here or not, they could just go ahead and you know ask the glasses to recognize buses, and then it would you know beep when a bus comes into the frame. So those are things that it can help them with and then say you know once they're you know done with their commute they get to the office uh we've again seen the glasses perform really well when it comes to reading things off a computer screen so that is something that i see a lot of people you know would do as well at a workplace because sometimes your jaws or nvda they tend to crash and you know you need to have something like envision to be able to read what's on the screen maybe restart the device uh that's that's a a really good use case for it and when they encounter printed text, so that's uh, that's also a place uh, where Envision can really help a lot. So if they're encountering letters or documents, uh, firstly, Envision can help them detect if they have the document in the frame or not. So we have built a special document detector only for the glasses, which helps, which sort of beeps when uh, it has the most number of words in the frame and automatically takes a picture or you can take a picture manually with it as well. So it can help you read documents. Uh, let's say you're sitting at a presentation, right? This is also something that we have seen a lot during testing. So when people who are uh, visually impaired, they're sitting in presentations and someone's doing a PowerPoint presentation, you can go ahead and use the Envision glasses to read the content of the presentation as well. And uh, that's one thing. And you can also use the Envision glasses realistically, say, to identify uh, someone who is, uh, you know, your colleague or something like that. So, of course, yeah, you, you would know most of your colleagues by by voice, but you can also recognize them with the help of the glasses. And so this is how I see Envision being used in a typical, uh, you know, everyday life of someone who's who's employed. And this is something that these are all live examples that I'm talking about from the testing that we have seen uh, with the Envision glasses so far. And of course, at any point in time, if you want your colleagues to help you say, you know, you're going out uh, at your supermarket and and for some reason, you're not able to get a good output with the Envision app, you could try to video call a friend or a family member 
from the glasses if it's connected to your hotspot and if the connection is you know fairly reliable you'd be able to call them and uh, they can guide you very similar to how you might have an experience with uh, with Ira or BMIs you know so they'd be able to help you with a video call uh, we have a specific app for them and then they can help you with things uh, that the AI can't uh, might not be able to help you at that moment Yes, it is interesting because as you talk about that scenario or those sets of scenarios, I am remembering back to the CSUN in 2019 when Ira ran a series of presentations on what they hoped would be a kind of a seamless intersection between AI and human agents because obviously human agents have to be paid. It's an expensive, very effective way of doing things, but but it is it is a, it is a high cost business model for everybody concerned. So they were talking about say, using GPS or something like that to get to the last 100 metres and then seamlessly connect to a human agent for that last 100 metres, which can be a bit tricky for GPS uh, in certain situations. It sounds like you've really cracked it, though. So if you uh, had Ira on the platform or Be My Eyes or whatever, when you just needed that little bit of extra human assistance, you could dial it up and rely on AI the rest of the time, which is a much more cost-effective way of working. Yeah, exactly. And, and and I think that's that's really the, you know, an, an, another one of the core design principles of the glasses is that it should work in conjunction or we see AI working in conjunction with a human being, uh, not entirely replacing them, uh, but definitely sort of augmenting human capabilities and, and, and allowing the human to step in uh, when things aren't going as planned. And I think, yeah, like we already, like, like I said, all of these are examples that I gave from the testing that we have been doing the past few months. We gave, uh, you know, envisioned off to a lot of users uh, in the, in, in the community here in the Netherlands. And when we took it to CSUN as well, we gave it to a lot of people at CSUN to, to allow them to try it out. And these are all examples that, you know, I'm picking from, what we have seen with all the user testing and we're really, and that's why I'm saying like, you know, the Envision is, is it's not just a great tool for outside of work. It's also a great tool for people who are working and, uh, you know, who really want to maximize their productivity and, uh, you know, in, 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 in their day. So you really don't have to, you know, constantly whip out your phone for everything. You could just use the glasses to do all of the things that I mentioned. And another thing that I do want to also mention is the fact that, uh, we are bringing voice commands to the glasses as well. So, you know, you can, so if you're out and about and if you want Envision to do something for you, you could just say, Hey, Envision, can you read this piece of text for me? And Envision would do that. Or, hey, Envision, what's in front of me would also recognize, uh, objects or give you a description of it. So yeah, we, we're, we're looking at ways where we can really use AI to help human productivity a lot more than, than what it is today. What about navigation? So if I'm in a crowded hotel environment, such as CSUN, where it's just madness in there, (laughs) uh, can Envision help me to, for example, um, tell me that I've got some sort of pillar in the hotel that I'm coming towards and that I should veer left to uh, avoid that pillar? And obviously my cane will give me that information, but a cane requires you to sort of slow down, make contact with the object and then move on. So is that something that you perceive this as being able to do? Definitely. And I think that's where, you know, uh, third party developers uh, and become making Envision a platform can can really help that because yeah, we, are, we do have our expertise in AI, but then, you know, I, we know that there are some really good apps out there for navigation and there are probably other developers working on some pretty great navigation technology for the blind and visually impaired. And so, we want to try and bring those people onto the platform and uh, yeah, 
in the future, yeah, we if if we do have a navigation app, I think we definitely uh, could have features like what you're talking about, and that's definitely a possibility on the platform. As of today, we don't. Uh, we primarily focus on detection and recognition and things like that. Uh, navigation is something that we haven't really actively worked on, uh, but it's something that we will uh, look to bring third-party developers on at some point to to really complement all the stuff that we are doing with with the AI stuff. I realize there are all sorts of potential privacy challenges, but what about the potential for crowdsourcing? If blind people around the world are teaching Envision about objects or people or something like that. Is there any possibility that we could crowdsource that information so that the whole world is just a more accessible place because we're all helping each other out through the app? That's that's a great idea, and 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 it's something that has also been uh, you know something that I've also been putting a lot of thinking into personally to see how can we try and and crowdsource uh intelligence you know like how can we really try and improve envision uh as people continue to use it in a privacy conscious manner uh and and so on so that's something that we are definitely looking into uh with with some of the newer technologies that are coming up uh, in ai it is possible to go ahead and try you know uh, make a system more intelligent without really having to look at users data so that's something that uh, you know, we're really, really excited about something that we're looking into as we speak. But, 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 but as of today, something that I do want to mention since you brought up the whole privacy aspect is that, yeah, on the Envision glasses, uh, we do take privacy quite seriously and we want to ensure that, yeah, all the data that you'd capture, uh, are never stored on our server. So for example, if you're doing something like document detection, what happens is essentially you take the picture, we, extract the information from there, send it to our servers, and then we delete the picture as soon as the information is sent back to you. So um, we are already privacy conscious in a big way within the app and the glasses. And going forward, yes, the crowdsourcing thing is definitely on the cards because that's one way where we can le- really try to make the system a lot more intelligent, a lot faster uh, than, than, what, than what we're doing today. So uh, that's something that I see happening in the next couple of years for sure, you know, where, where we would be able to use uh, crowdsourced data in a very privacy conscious way uh, to improve the envision itself as a whole, you know. I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes. It's exciting. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you'd like to um, tell people about with regard to what Envision is doing? So we have a lot of exciting things planned on the app and the glasses side. So like I mentioned, you know, uh, the way things are happening at Envision, when we build something right now it's it's going to be available on all the platforms uh from day one or pretty much from day one so uh, we're working right now on on really improving our text recognition capability so we already are really good at text recognition but we want to add a layer of intelligence on top of that so we're working on things like column detection uh to help people detect columns we're working on things like uh, helping them uh to to properly understand the reading material uh, in front of them. We're helping them to go ahead and do things like being able to detect tables uh, in the image and helping them read it better. So we're working on a lot of things to improve text recognition as a whole within the app and the glasses. But we're, we, have a, we have a lot of great stuff planned uh, for both the app and the glasses in the coming months. And uh, we're just... I, I feel we're just getting started in terms of all the stuff that we want to push out. And 
yeah, in the next few months, you can expect some big stuff to come to the Envision app and the glasses. So the Envision platform is also a hugely exciting thing. So once we have the basic platform up and ready, we are, we, we, we start reaching out to more developers. Uh, and hopefully in the coming months, as you know, as people start to use the Envision glasses in the wild, we'll have more people, uh, more developers coming on board. And uh, hopefully that should add a lot of value. I must acknowledge and thank you for the fact that when the updates come to the Envision app, and they are pretty regular, the geek in me is thankful that you don't just do the boilerplate, we've made some bug fixes and performance improvements, and you're left wondering what they are. I do appreciate that you go into a lot of detail that tells us what you've fixed or what you've changed. And I'm sure many people do appreciate that detail. Yeah, no, I, and, and, uh, and personally, I, I really love writing those, those release notes that go for the app because, you know, uh, initially we used to think that, yeah, not a lot of people read release notes, but a lot of people came back to us and said, Hey, you know, you guys mentioned this in the release notes. You guys mentioned that in the release notes. So we do that a lot. I mean, I, I, now I, when I sit down to re- write release notes, it's, it's, I try to make it as interesting as possible for, for audiences like you who are also interested a little bit, you know, on the technical side of things. So we try to keep that re- interesting. So thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. We, we I think that's something about that. this market is that. That um, when blind people fall in love with a product, they want to know everything about it and what's going on and what's new. And especially in the phase that you're at at the moment, where there's just so Mm -hmm. much really significant development, people are keen to hear whatever they can about what's coming next. Yeah, no, and and I think uh, going forward, we would definitely you know, try to share a lot more, uh, on social media, on other platforms about what, 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 what's cooking under the hood and, and not just, you know, uh, write about stuff, uh, at the time of release. So yeah, we're, we're definitely excited to continue to keep sharing more stuff as, as in when we, when we're working on them. Well, congratulations on all that you've achieved in such a short time. And hopefully we can keep in touch on the podcast. If you've got anything new and exciting to tell us about, we'd be delighted to have you back. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for having me, uh, Jonathan. And and yeah, it's really encouraging, uh, you know, to see that uh, yeah you've you've and and you know it's really encouraging to to have this kind of response from the community for what we're doing. And uh, to be honest, we're just getting started. You know, I know we have done quite a bit over the last couple of years, but it's nothing in comparison to what's going to come in the next few months. And uh, to everyone else out there listening to the podcast, really thank you for the support. Uh, and uh, if if you don't mind, I just wanted to talk a little bit about where people can buy the Envision glasses because we still oh, yes, have a few do. of them yeah. left yeah so uh you can go to envisionglasses.com and uh, you can go ahead and pre-order the envision glasses right now uh there are about uh, about 10 of them still remaining and uh, you can make a purchase of them and uh, you also get a 10 percent discount so at checkout if you use the code final 10 so it's f-i-n-a-l 10, you would be able to go ahead and get a 10% discount uh, on the Envision glasses. So yeah, and we and we and we will be and we'll be shipping them out very soon. So if you order them right now, <laughs> yeah, you could get them possibly in the next uh, two to three weeks. Uh, so we we are looking to go ahead and ship a lot of them in the coming weeks. So um, yeah, and thank you so much for your support and thank you so much for having me on the show, Jonathan. <laughs> To contribute to Mosin at Large, you can email Jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at mushroomfm.com by writing something down or attaching an audio file. Or you can call our listener line, it's a US number, 864-60-MOSIN. That's 864-606-6736. Mosin.